This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Danny Kavanagh. It's Friday the 16th of July. In your Sport Today, teams flee Melbourne as Victoria is locked down. More positive cases in Tokyo. The tour is almost over. Messi takes a pay cut. This is your Sport Today. Danny, we're feeling for those in Victoria this morning after they've been placed in a snap five-day lockdown. That lockdown has forced the AFL to quickly fly seven clubs to Queensland, the same place they spent most of last season in a hub. At this stage, we're not sure how long those clubs are going to be up there. No, we don't, Sam. What we do know is the seven clubs, the Swans, Giants, Bulldogs, Kangaroos, Bombers, Lions and Tigers flew to Queensland yesterday. Four matches will now be played at Gold Coast Metricum Stadium, including a double header on Sunday. The Lions-Tigers match on Friday night will also be on the Gold Coast, where Jack Rewalt will play his 300th game for Richmond. The remaining games in Melbourne will go ahead, but there'll be no crowds. So listeners in lockdown, get ready to watch it all from your couch. Yeah, this comes as Victoria's latest COVID-19 outbreak grows, forcing Victoria Premier Dan Andrews to put Victoria into its fifth lockdown. Now, infectious fans attended the Carlton-Geelong match at the MCG last Sunday, and it's being reported a fan who went to the Wallabies match on Tuesday has also tested positive. The AFL clubs aren't the only sporting teams getting out of town. Hey, Danny. Nope. The six East Coast Super Netball teams are heading to Adelaide. Sam, my Melbourne Storm boys are also on the move. They're returning to the Sunshine Coast, where they've spent most of the past two seasons. And I don't think they mind it up there too much. They haven't lost a game on the sunny coast yet. Yeah, I don't think they've lost a game in Queensland for years either, Danny. Uh, the NRL will be played entirely in Queensland this round. Kind of feels like 2020 all over again. Danny, the Olympics opening ceremony is a week away, but these games are going to look a lot different because of the ongoing pandemic. Not only will the stadiums be empty in Tokyo, but viewers will notice a very significant change to another long-standing tradition as well. Yes, Sam, athletes will no longer receive their medals by having them placed around their necks. Instead, medals will be presented on a tray and the athletes will put them on themselves to help reduce the potential spread of COVID-19. That's the biggest challenge for the Games officials, and it's already been a rough start. Since July 1, there have been 26 positive cases of Olympic athletes and workers in Tokyo. The Russian women's rugby team are in isolation after their Masua tested positive, as is most of the South African rugby sevens team after they shared a flight with an infectious passenger. Luckily, all the South Africans returned negative results. And it seems there's a new cluster every day, Danny. A team of 31 Brazilians staying in a hotel where seven staff tested positive, but the athletes were in a bubble and are not exposed. And if the coronavirus isn't enough to deal with, Danny, apparently Tokyo Bay stinks. That's where the triathlon competitors will be swimming and nearby residents have reported a pungent smell wafting in the water. Would you jump in there, Danny? Yeah, it's been compared to smelling like a toilet, Sam, so I think I'd give that one a miss. Yeah, that's a bit tough. Uh, Tokyo is in a state of emergency with case numbers rising each day, but IOC President Thomas Buck says the games will be well appreciated by the Japanese. We'll have to wait and stay on that one. Danny, yesterday was a big day in sports, so let's quickly recap some results. Starting in the Caribbean, where Australia's men's cricket team won their first match of the tour, 
They've been beaten the first three games, but all-rounder Mitch Marsh scored 75 and picked up three wickets in game four. Mitch Stark then closed out the game. He bowled five dot balls in the final over to secure a four-run win. And the wins didn't stop there for the Aussies, Sam. The Ollie Roos, that's Australia's men's Olympic football team. They won 1-0 over New Zealand in a friendly before the games start next week. South African's Lewis Oosthuizen leads after round one of the British Open at six under par, one shot clear of Americans Jordan Spieth and Brian Harmon. The best placed Aussie is Cam Smith at one under. And there was some AFL action in the West last night, Sam, but it wasn't the West Coast Eagles. No, it was Freer and they got rolled by Geelong 100-31. to Tom Hawkins kicking four goals there. In basketball, the NBA finals are well and truly alive after Milwaukee won Game 4 yesterday. That series is now 2-all against Phoenix. Game 5 is on Sunday, but tomorrow the Boomers and Opals take on Team USA in Las Vegas. There's been a COVID scare in the Team USA camp with guard Bradley Beal placed in isolation and they're trying to get him replaced for the Olympics. The Boomers played the US and won this week, but fortunately they haven't been impacted. You can watch that match from 8am tomorrow on ESPN. Danny, our night owls will know La Tour de France wraps up on Sunday night and after the chaos and crashes of the opening week, the race settled down and it looks like there'll be a back-to-back winner. Yep, that's defending champ today, Pogacar, of UAE Team Emirates. He's been the race leader since Stage 8 and won Stage 18 overnight to lead by 5 minutes and 45 seconds, which is heaps out. The race leader isn't attacked in the final stage, so he's just got to get through the next two days without a hiccup to make it two wins in a row. Not bad at the age of just 22. Ben O'Connor is still the best place Aussie in fourth, but he's now more than eight minutes behind Pogacar. The tour wraps up at the Champs-Élysées, but Sam, there's already a special winner in Paris. Yeah, remember we told you about Australian Lachlan Morton a few weeks ago? He was riding the tour solo, going about it old school. He had no support team, no luxury hotels, riding through the nights, camping on the roads. Well, earlier this week, he finished. He ended up riding 5,500 Ks, a few thousand more than the tour riders. But most importantly, he raised about $800,000, which bought nearly 3,000 bikes for communities that can't get them. It's an incredible story, so we've popped a link to the yarn in the episode notes. Today's trivia question, who is the youngest winner of the Tour de France? Maybe only the diehard cycling fans will know this one. Danny, the answer at the end of the show. Some sad news yesterday, Danny with Carlton legend Sergio Silvani passing away at the age of 83. Yeah, this is sad, Sam. Silvani played 239 games for Carlton as a Ruck Rover, won two premierships and was a dual best and fairest winner. His son Stephen also played for the Blues and both father and son were named in Carlton's team of the century. Jack, Stephen's son, is a third generation Blue and they award the number one on their backs. Silvani, known as Serge, stayed on at Carlton in roles from assistant coach to board member after his playing days. One great story about Serge is that in his first practice match with the Blues under-19s, the coach couldn't pronounce his surname, so left him out for the first three quarters of the match. But when he figured it out, the young man impressed the coach and the rest was history. He was regarded as the ultimate team man and the Blues will wear black armbands this weekend out of respect. It's been a pretty good week for superstar footballer Lionel Messi, Danny. Last Sunday, he won the Copa America, and now it's being reported at 34, he signed a five-year deal to stay at Spanish La Liga club Barcelona. He's even taking a 50% pay cut to stay there, Danny. 
Your head's going to be tough for Messi, who is now set to earn just the $32 million next season. In 2017, he signed a four-year deal worth nearly $900 million that has put the club under serious financial pressure. Big surprise there. Messi had been linked to other clubs like Manchester City and the US soccer competition with his contract expiring. But it sounds like he's staying at Barcelona. He's one loyal man, Sam. Yeah, and that's heaps of money, Danny. But to be fair... He's probably the best footballer of his generation. And you know when people ask who you want to be for a day, I've got to say Messi would be up there now. Oh, that's for sure. Me too. Time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye or what's coming up. And there is bulk sport on this weekend, including the third rugby test between the Wallabies and France tomorrow night. What I'm looking forward to is the Bullier Camel Races and the Thirsty Camel Cup, which is apparently the most prestigious, richest and longest camel race in Australia. Get around it. <laughs> While you're watching the camel, Sam, I can't wait for the British F1 GP this weekend with drivers heading to Silverstone for the inaugural F1 sprint. The sprint sees the drivers race 100 kilometres, that's 17 laps on Saturday night to determine the grid and give the top three finishers some extra points. Sam, they're going to get up to some serious speeds. Yeah, that's way too fast for me, Danny. The answer to today's trivia question, who is the youngest Ever winner of the Tour de France. That's Henri Cornet back in 1904, the second ever Tour de France. He was just a couple of days short of his 20th birthday. Pogacar, second youngest when he won it last year at 21. All right, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on Monday.